Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast episode 272 for the week of July 27th, 2013. I'm here with a bunch of RP gamers' least, greatest, mostest, bestest, I don't know. Define your own superlative. You really are failing at words today, aren't you, Chris? I sure am. That there is uh, RP gamers' greatest English accent, John Yearworth. Oh, yes. Uh, here we have RP gamers' greatest translocated for the summer, Emmanuel Marino. Hey everybody! Can hey. we turn? Yes, go for it. Introduce Anna Marie Newfeld. No, <laughs> RP Gamer's greatest recently married Anna Marie Privateer. Hello. Shut up. <laughs> Nobody <sighs> heard that. I almost threw him off. Almost. Almost. So close. I'm Chris Privateer, and we are here to bring you a podcast. At some point, uh, Michael Tidwell will be showing up because his uh, connection keeps breaking. But uh, as soon as he gets back. Wait, doesn't he have, like, the best internet ever? I don't know. Seattle Fios and everything? Hmm. You, you'd think, but apparently that Fios stuff isn't all it's cracked up to be. Or something. Or he doesn't even realize it broke, maybe? I don't know. That's, uh, that's the West Coast for you. That's what everybody in the Central... Everybody east of Nebraska right now is, uh, is what matters. So forget Seattle. All right. Uh, what do we got going on today? Oh, we got what we've been playing, right? No? No. So, with no gaming this summer. No gaming? Oh, yeah. I've been playing a ton of stuff, but like I figured what? someone else would go first. Yeah, what have you been playing? Um, it's sort of a really quick roundup. Um, I've been playing Fire Emblem Awakening. There's DLC that deals with an alternative timeline and the children, and it is freaking hard. I've only managed to complete one half correctly. Um, I've been playing SMT4, and I really, 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 really hate the old world map. Um, I've been playing Puzzle and Dragons because I finally got the masks that I needed for evolutions. Um, I've been playing Flow Free, which is like this cool puzzle game on the iOS because they added bridges. So you can now have two pipes go through the same square and it adds a totally new dynamic to the game. And I've also been playing a bunch of War of the Fallen, which is um, a Zynga iOS game. And they added PvP and timed dungeons and they're both really cool. That's what I've been playing. You've been playing a Zynga game? Yes. Shut up. Divorce. There goes half your stuff, Chris. Yep. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Re- reunification. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next is me. And I have been playing nothing that I should have been playing because I should have been playing the new Shadowrun game this week because I was a Kickstarter of that. And unfortunately, I didn't. So what have I been doing instead? <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Ace Attorney on my iPad trying to get uh, through all those games again before the fifth one comes out later this year. Is this the HD version you're playing? It sure is. Cool. Yeah. Um, good port for the most part. Man, there's a lot of typos in the first game. Like, a ton of them. Is couple... that Capcom's original localization's fault? I, f- I think so. All right. I, well, the way this game was localized was weird, because the first two games are localized in Japan. You could mm-hmm. buy them in Japanese slash English form. In fact, the second game I own on DS is the Japanese version. It's weird. Um, yeah. And then I think from the third game on, they started splitting it up because they didn't like people importing them or whatever crap they were going through. Um, what do I say? Still good. Still good games. Uh, 
love those stories and the music and all that sort of stuff. So uh, just move on from that to tell you about Warhammer Quest, which I've also been playing on my, my iPhone. And oh my gosh. This, so I play a Warhammer uh, tabletop role-playing game with uh, some friends of mine. And this game feels like a digital version of that. But, you know, playable by yourself. But the the setting and the stories and the quests you go on are just like what you do in a, in a Warhammer role-playing. And the, the attack and, and uh, the stats system is very similar to that. Uh, it's all based wounds and number of attacks and stuff. And I really like the Warhammer, um, just the world and the feel of that world. Um, for example, I was going through a dungeon with my party, and we had a random encounter. And they, you, as you're going through, there'll be random encounters. And one of the encounters was, you know, a halfling shows up. And like, oh, so a halfling shows up, and he looks extraordinarily relieved to see your party. So he immediately suggests you break for lunch, which, of course, is what a halfling would do, because all they want to do is eat. And um, I, I just love that sort of touch in... in in a role-playing game, uh, because it's the kind of the st- those are the sorts of jokes you make around a table if you're actually playing a role-playing game. Is you know if a role you know halfling shows up, he's either overweight or wants to eat or wants to become overweight, and so um, you know you do things in order to uh, react to that. So uh, I'm I'm liking the writing and tone there. The the role-playing is is kind of uh, the gameplay is uh, you know you're exploring a dungeon, so it's turn-based and you're choosing your movement so it feels kind of like um an old Baldur's Gate game in that respect and um it's pretty difficult so um you you actually have to play your classes right and pay attention to what you're doing um it's only five bucks on the app store and there's some DLC for it as well um I actually bought a piece of DLC already because I wanted the the Demon Slayer um character because we we actually have one of those in our party in the group I role play with and uh, I like their kind of their deal which is basically they've done something to shame themselves so they wear no armor and are trying to get themselves killed in glorious battle and so I wanted one of those in my parties because they're really strong yeah so that's what I've been playing totally so what's the pricing it. before you move on like uh because I know they launched that game with like day one DLC and have purchases yes so they like did as a reasonable so, price it's five bucks for the game mm-hmm um, then they have three additional character classes you can unlock for three bucks a piece, and then there's an expansion area which has new a new area and new quests. I haven't finished the main game; I haven't even come close, so I have no idea how much that is relative to the rest of the game. But it's, that's like five bucks. Mm-hmm. So you could spend what nineteen bucks on the game total if you wanted to. But All right. You only need to spend five to have fun with it. So you don't feel pressure at all to ever spend any extra money? Um, uh, Only a little bit because you want to maybe see what the other classes are like. But you have to right. level up each class individually. So, eh. And, yeah. So, not, not really. Uh, I think uh, I think you'd have a lot of fun with the game just spending the five bucks. All right, cool. All right, uh, that leaves you next, Manny. What have you been playing? Anything? Uh, wrapping up uh, Star Wars Rogue Leader. Man, I can't play games like that anymore. <laughs> really? Well, I, I mentioned this earlier, so I'll just go through it briefly. And they capture the world perfectly. They faithfully model. They have all the audio, all the music. They got the, the ship models look great. Everything feels like it should. You know, on that point, on that part, you know, A plus effort. But that game design is ancient. Where 
oh, it's a it's a 12 to 15 hour game, 20 hours if you want to get everything. Not because there's that much content or it's that intricate or there's that much replay value or there's that randomized. It's because you're going to die two million times before you get the gold or until you memorize this pattern or you get such a lucky break that you're, you know, you don't, you don't miss the, the you hit the right number of shots. You don't use your targeting computer. You fly everything perfectly. You do an under the time limit. You know what I mean? That's sort of like the gameplay time comes from you dying and you're trying to perfect it more so than content. And who has time for that, honestly? Mm-hmm. I have real games that take like th- legitimately 20 hours to beat because there's that much stuff to see. I don't need to, I don't need to spend 20 hours playing a game that's like only actually 10 levels long. But it's going to take me 20 hours because I'm going to die a million times on this one final battle. <laughs> so, old game design. Oh, I never mentioned this. I beat Advance Wars a while ago. Days of Ruin. Oh, nice. Man. No? Not Days of Ruin. Uh, Dual Strike, the first oh, DS okay. game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that makes Days of Ruin look like a much better game by comparison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that story is atrocious. And that game design is, I just, once again, they got away from it, from just pure strategy into gimmicks. Every battle felt like a gimmick. What's the latest gimmick? So another bust of my, you know, this is, I guess I'm here, stuck here for the summer. Here's my chance to play these old games that have been sitting there forever. You know, might as well. But yeah, she's move on to the new stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm having a lot of, I'm feeling a lot of pressures like that. So I feel really bad that I'm playing through the Ace Attorney games again because there's all these new games that I should be playing um, that I have backlogged. And here I am playing old games to get ready for but hey, a new game later. Does in the it year. hold up and does it entertain you? Yes, yes. Then who cares? I know, but at the same time, I feel like I'm doing the podcast a disservice and my backlog a disservice and my wallet a disservice by I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, you're doing the podcast a service if you're talking about interesting RPGs. Like, hey, there weren't any well, podcasts. Well, Ace Attorney isn't even an RPG though. <laughs> all right, all right. But I'm just saying, how many podcasts were around when uh, Knights of the Old Republic came out? So if you were playing it on your iPad and we had a nice discussion about that. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, but I'm not. But that's one of the games I feel bad I'm not playing. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, why? Why I should be playing some of these other? Ah, oh, I can't deal with this stuff. I have I have RPG choice and, anxiety. I have video game anxiety. Yeah, choice. Uh, that's I feel well. That's true for a lot of consumers. Choice anxiety, where like you get into a supermarket and there's so many brands of old cereal. Like, which one do I uh, I'll take the one? <laughs> which, which brand of oat cereal? <laughs> which mustard? There's twenty mustards. Uh, French's French's uh, yellow mustard. Which one? French's Yellow Deluxe, French's Yellow Classic, There's French's, no French's Yellow, yellow Deluxe. <laughs> French's Yellow Hot Dog on a Summer Day. Which one? Oh, for goodness sake. Hey, you'd be surprised, man. It's terrible nowadays. Choice Paralysis. That's what it's called. Choice Paralysis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. What happened? Uh... Oh, right. English Dude. Yeah, I'm still here. My internet actually just blipped out for a second there. Yeah, but uh, did you play anything? Oh, I've been playing a few things. Yeah? Um, you going to tell us about it? Yeah, I'll tell you about it. All right. Um, let's say Kerbal Space Program got updated again like three days ago. Um, You've been playing my... that for like six years, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I know, and it's great. <laughs> well, I finally managed to get space planes down. That was the big thing. Ooh. 
single stage single stage to orbit space planes, which are hella fun to fly. Um, but what they've done is they've changed how um, the stabilization modules affect space planes to make them a lot easier to fly. Sort of um, like a lot easier to fly straight. It's a lot smoother. Um, and I crashed one into the moon earlier today because I could. The moon, coincidentally, has also been uh, retextured and redone, so it now actually looks like a proper, a proper kind of crater-strewn, crater-strewn surface. Mm-hmm. The, previ- the previous moon texture was a bit um, low definition and just kind of didn't really kind of convey that kind of lunar feel. But now, no, I think they've got it this time. Uh, and uh, most of the other stuff has just been changes to the game's persistence engine and how uh, the save games work. So it's not like, it's not like a sort of enormous earth-shattering change, uh, but it is another step in um, the game's development, bearing in mind it's been an alpha for the last year and it looks like it's going to be an alpha for at least a little while longer. Um, I've been playing some Final Fantasy XI in preparation for Final Fantasy XIV, did you play the 14 beta at all? Yes, I did. Okay. I didn't play it much because I didn't really want to go very far when I knew my character was going to get wiped. It seems like everyone on staff got beta codes, which is nice. Yeah. Well, I had it because I, I had access from the start because I had legacy staff. Yeah, I mean, there's account. a bunch of us that were legacy. so Which I actually mostly got for the um, cheaper subscription fees. Um, but yeah, just I've been playing through the new um, bit of the new expansion in eleven. Um, just trying to get some decent gear. It's rather interesting to see um, item levels on Final Fantasy eleven equipment now. They have eye levels now. Yeah, the like the the most recent stuff that's been added to the game now has eye levels. Oh wow! Um, the equipment that can only be equipped by level ninety nine characters and only and only can only be obtained by doing stuff in the expansion that have item levels starting at a hundred. And I think the highest I've seen so far is, I think, 117. Okay. Um, I also, uh, during the Steam Summer Sale, I, I don't think I mentioned this last week, but I picked up the... Did I, did I mention last week that I picked up the Final Fantasy VII uh, Steam release? Uh, nope. No. Okay. I, I picked that up mostly because of the mods. How does I it play on PC? Like, it, well, I, I've always had a PC version. I've had a PC version of seven, like, since about 1998 or so. Yeah, wasn't like, that like the easiest way to get it in Europe? Uh, no, Final Fantasy VII was made available sort of pretty widely in Europe. We had issues, I think, with a couple of the older ones. Seven was one that did actually get like a full proper release here. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I got it on PC because I didn't have a PlayStation at the time. Um, and it, the thing about the PC port is it kind of wasn't fantastic. No, um, it wasn't. It 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 was a bit. I mean, it worked very well on the computer I had at the time. But as uh-huh. technology has moved on, it, it is it is it's. You can tell that it was kind of designed for machines running Windows XP, yeah. which particularly is true when it comes to its MIDI synthesizer. Well, the the fa- the sad part is um, they had multiple MIDI synthesizer alternatives in the original release, and they yeah, didn't include yeah. them with the Steam or PC port. Well, no, the thing is, released. is that um, most of those, um, like, for example, the Yamaha synthesizer thing, yeah. um, there was no version released for it after Windows XP. Yeah. It literally doesn't exist on, on well, I mean, Windows I mean, like, the creative hardware XP. support that they also had, like, that's not... Oh, well, yeah, either. there's that too, but... Um, yeah, it's like, most of that stuff, though, is all old tech. You know, it, none of that has gotten... 
got to bust out your all 64, man. That's what I yeah. played it on. Um, however, what you can do is there is a very dedicated modding community for it, which has, I think, increased since the recent PC release. Port, Not yeah. the Steam release, right, right. but the recent the PC Square release. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, which means that um, I downloaded like the 17 gigabyte torrent of mods which do things like increase the texture quality of the field models, increases the texture quality of the battle models, um, increases, uh, makes it so the game can run at higher resolutions, increases the quality of the backgrounds. It, it does a lot of stuff. There's, they... even things, there's even things like, like sort of total balance change mods. I haven't got any of them activated. Have but... they um, modded the music? Yes. Yes, there is a specific mod called Anxious Heart, which um, you can basically mod in... Um, the good music, oh. basically. I think it is actually possible to mod in the original PlayStation PSF music as well. Oh, great! So you get the you know the original soundtrack as it was on the on the original PlayStation. Well, as opposed, well, what else do they have as an option? Sorry, I think there's some other remastered versions. Oh, really? Um, I think there may be an OC remix option. Oh. <laughs> There's I like it. I think there's something like five different five or six different packages. There's like this mod manager where where you can basically choose because people have put together like their own. There are different um, like 3D models you can choose from that have been made by different modders. Is this called bootleg? Yeah, Tifa's oh. bootleg. Okay, Tifa's bootleg. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so there are different models that have been put together by different people. Um, and you can pick using this mod manager. You can sort of pick the ones that you want, and this includes stuff like removing the giant Moogle off Kate Sith's model, um, and changing some hair options for a couple of the female characters as well. Um, the only kind of like I don't know downside, but it's kind of amusing that when you upgrade the quality of the field models, it kind of really shows how simplistic some of the field animations were in Seven, um, like. When, you know, Cloud does a, quite often in the early portions of the game does this kind of shrug animation. Yeah. Yeah. On the, with an updated model, that looks really weird because it looks like he's breaking his wrists to do it. <laughs> and, like, several of Barrett's animations look quite funny with a much more sort of high, sort of high quality field model. The battle models, I think, is where the, where the, where the mod stuff really shines, though. Right. Well, the, that's what well, always... The battle models, the battle models are models always were already best. higher yeah. quality. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's quite amusing in that um, none of the FMVs have been changed, and a few of those still use the old PlayStation blocky models. Mm. Yep. So that can be quite a. Uh, <laughs> There's a multiple models used in the various FMVs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, there are a couple where it, it reverts to the blocky ones, and they haven't obviously they haven't been changed. I mean, there, there, there are like the. the, the, the the other stuff you can turn on are things like um, mods to the game's battle engine, so you can do uh, changes the names of the spells to something that fits in with the rest of the Final Fantasy series. There are things like hard modes, hardcore modes that drastically up the difficulty. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There's even there's even an Eris lives option. Which basically is just activates a pre a script that just adds um, Eris back into your party at the end of disc one. Whoa! But you lose just, achievements, cloud saves, and and the trainer if you install bootleg. Yeah. It's not Wait, like what's the trainer? Deal. 
Oh, it's basically a button that you can press to make yourself gloriously overpowered if you're just playing it for the story. Oh, really? Yeah. They added that in the... Okay. Hmm. But then again, it, you know, you can accomplish the same thing via just simple save editing. So, it's not really a big deal. Okay. This is funny. I'm just watching through... <laughs> the mod names are crazy. There's a mod named Face Palmer here. Yeah, what Face Palmer, I think, is the is the like the primary model replacement mod. Oh, okay. Of course, it, it's 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 the Final Fantasy VII mod community. Of course, it's going to have like you know stupid names. Yes, apparently. Out, Tif, like Tifa's bootleg, <laughs> which is usually illustrated with a picture of Tifa's bootleg and leg. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, them mod makers be crazy. Um, I, actually, I did notice one thing while going through the early portion of the game. Some guy went and fixed the this guy are sick. I was oh. somewhat disappointed. <laughs> but I figure if they, have, they ever are going to remake Final Fantasy VII, they are probably going to fix a few of the sort of more egregious translation errors. Yeah, except when they changed you Spoony Bard, people got really pissed. Oh, yeah, people got really And they really changed pissed it off. back for later versions. Which one did they I mean, fix no, I mean, you Spoony Bard in? Uh, the PS4 version. Or the the PlayStation version, and then when they put it out on the DS, it reverted to Spoony Bard. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, I, I just ha- even though I, I know people love the mistranslations, I just have this sneaking suspicion that they will fix a few of them. Like even Man, if I, you know, they even if son of a submariner, I'm gonna be so upset. Yeah, they did. It's son of a sandworm in the GBA version. Oh. <laughs> um. And yeah, the other game I went back to briefly, uh, I need to play more of it, is um, they recently released a huge like 600 megabyte patch for um, Zone of the Enders HD. Um, you may remember me commenting a few podcasts back that the major problem with the, or I didn't really call it a major problem because I didn't felt like it in, like impacted my enjoyment that much, but I know it's a pretty big like deal breaker for some people, is there was a, a, like a problem with slowdown. It's like this is an HD remake of a PS2 game. There really shouldn't be any slowdown. I just kind of felt like it may have been trying to mimic the PS2 version a little bit too closely. But they got, um, I think it was Hexadrive, a Japanese sort of developer, to, to develop a patch for it. And the game now runs like silky smooth 60 frames a second, and it looks absolutely frigging amazing. Wait, so I think the I'm PS3 back... version has a patch? Yes. Okay. Yes, a pretty big one, too. Does the Xbox 60. version also have a patch? I have. There was an Xbox version? I thought it was both platforms, wasn't it? No, I thought it was uh, PS3 and Vita or something. No, I'm pretty sure the 360 got... Uh, is that in the end of HD? Konami yeah, was doing a lot of them, and then like at some point they just stopped committing to doing patches at all in the I 360 actually... version because they were so broken. Like oh. the, I think that might have been the case with uh, Silent Hill. Hmm. I, I do know that the uh, Xbox... Excuse me. I do know that the PS3 versions do have PSN releases now for them, for Zone of the Enders remakes. Hmm. So you'll be able to download just them on PSN, and if this patches out, this is great, because I was actually going to ask you to... <laughs> I was going to ask, because like, oh, good, it's coming PSN, maybe I can get it on there, but then I remembered it running terribly, and now well, I... Well, that, has, that has actually been... Um, that has been fixed. Beautiful. The, 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 the frames the frame issue is gone. I mean, I just did the train section in Zone of the Enders two, which I seem to remember did chug the PS two a little bit, and mm-hmm. it was fine all the way through. Beautiful. So um, I will because I um, 
I originally set myself up to try and do a um a speed run of um a, it was a new game plus speed run of Zone of the Enders two. Uh, but because of the original problems with the HD version, I had to go back to my PS2 copy. But I feel a little bit more confident about doing it on the PS3 now. Okay. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much... I've been playing a bunch of other stuff, but I can't remember it off the top of my head, and I've talked long enough. Okay. Well, I'm, I've been watching this uh, Final Fantasy VII bootleg version on uh, YouTube. And yeah, it looks uh, pretty well cleaned up. I don't know if I'd call it... Um, as Kotaku does, a HD remake. But sure. It's a lot better. Ooh, especially the battles. Ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> Interesting. All right, well, let's get into our feedback this week. First off, we have some board posts. You can submit your board posts over at board.rpgamer.com. Strawberry Eggs did so, gave us two little funny stories about picking up games from the stores, both involving me running to said stores, she says. First was back when Pokemon Gold and Silver were released. I had gotten a call from GameStop that the game had arrived early. I'm not sure if that particular GameSpot broke the street date or whatever. As I was so very excited for the games, I dashed to the store, which was close to my house, but I was still out of breath when I arrived. The clerk asked me if Pokemon was more important to me than Air. I was 13 at the time, so a kid, getting the game, um, so a kid my age getting the game wasn't that unusual. The second was Tales of Symphonia. I was excited for the game, but I hadn't reserved it for me for ah, but I hadn't reserved for it and didn't buy it on day one as I was still a jobless high schooler. And I had spent my limited funds on other things. When I went to the game two when I went to get the game two weeks after its release, I was saddened to learn the game was sold out at all the nearby stores. It wasn't until the first week of August two thousand four that I called up a store at the mall and learned they had a few copies in, fearing they may be sold out again. I that time biked over there in a hurry. At least that time, I wasn't noticeably panting. Um, Azillus wrote in and said, Chris, you shouldn't worry about which version of Disguise games to buy. Those games have so much content, even without DLC, that you should just choose the version that you truly want to play. If you want to play it on big screen with a controller, plus whatever special edition pre-order bonuses are available, get the PS3 version. The story content in the initial version of the game will be enough for you. If you want it portable, wait for the handheld version. For some reason, I prefer this series, and most JRPGs in general, portable, so I always just wait for the handheld versions of Disgaea games. Mm. I don't know, Azillus. I don't know. You don't need all the content all the time, man. I need all the contents. Well, you, the, well, look at Saints Row 3. All the content was not better. <laughs> it was, but it was people bad. tell me that the extra content in the Desaya ones are worth getting. How much? Who are these people? I don't know. Everyone I ask about it. Who, who's oh, actually right. played both versions, which is a small group to begin with. I don't know. I think uh, Zoltan was But yeah, but is it worth just not playing it ever, period? Because it seems like those are the two options. Either you get all the content or you don't play them at all, right? Okay, that's not a bad point. Hmm. I'll think about your your point. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Show Yab wrote in and said, Hi, Chris. Congratulations to both you and Anna on your wedding. It sounds like it all went well. Does Anna know if Dragon Fantasy Book 1 and 2 will be released for Europe on the Vita? I know Book 1 has been out in the U.S. for a while. Yes. So because Muteki is small, and honestly, a lot of companies are moving to this, um, we certified for um, Sony of America first, and then started working on the certification for Sony of Europe second. 
So because it's two different channels and there's a bunch of different things to work with, at the moment, um, we are in PEGI certification, and that's the last thing we need to get to Sony before they can QA it. So realistically, it should be out in August, but you never know what's going to happen when you... I mean, the problem is, is PEGI could be two weeks or two months. It all depends on, you know, how they feel. And Sony certification is, again, anywhere from two to eight weeks. So if we get lucky, it'll be out in a month. If we get not so lucky, it'll be out later this year. But honestly, this we, we really wanted it out by now. So we find it frustrating that it's not out yet. Book two is definitely coming. And as far as I know, all the certification for Europe is being done at the same time as the U.S. for book two. So worst case scenario, one and two are going to come out at the same time. All right. Sorry, I don't have better news. Shoyab also has a suggestion for Extra Life this year. How about auctioning a fan spot to appear on the podcast? That way you raise money for a good cause and it would be a cool way to interact with your listeners. What do you think? I don't think That would be cool. I don't think anyone would pay anything. Sure they would. <laughs> for our podcast? I don't know. Yeah. You can pay five bucks to be on the podcast with me. <laughs> Usually we just call people up during Extra Life anyway and have them on. Yeah, yeah, that does kind of just, I think that just kind of happens. Seraphim Kitten is bidding on AIM at the moment. (laughs) Although, thinking about it, I'm just trying to think, you could try and incorporate a couple of the things from, I don't know, the um, current speedrunning marathons, when they uh, take donations for doing, like, unusual things or or challenges, maybe. Hell, I'm pretty sure someone donated 20 bucks just to watch two people on stream hug. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, if you have a big community, you can do that sort of stuff. Um, we don't tend to have like big uh, live streaming community during. Oh, I know. I extra know. life. If we had a hundred or two hundred people watching, which uh, I would highly suggest you guys all watch our stream and play along with us to extra life, um, then we could do that sort of crazy stuff. Because then you have enough people on there who are like, "I got twenty bucks, do this," and we're like, "Okay, we'll do." It. Um, what else would I say about Extra Life except to announce that you know the teams are the team is formed and uh, you can donate money to me now and to Anna now and uh, other people on RP Gamer now. Um, just search for the RP Gamer team on the Extra Life website. We'll be putting together. <sighs> the problem is I'm moving and so I I don't know. Well, I guess we moved, but we're still unpacking and stuff. So I need to put in some time to put together the uh, links on the RP Gamer homes page and make our little article announcing it and all that stuff but we are taking donations now um i have no idea if we're going to do the drawing with our uh, with uh, ps nation this year or not um that that sort of stuff has to be approved every year between us and and ps nation so that we might do that we might not do that Uh, regardless we're still raising money for kids and we'll be playing live and uh that sort of cool stuff so um if you want to take part in that um actually Extra Life is a charity every year that we partner with to raise money to help kids uh, get better, really. Uh, The money goes to Children Miracle Networks, and they use the money for research. They use the money for games for kids to improve the healing wards and stuff uh, where the kids are in. Um, And you can can contribute. We ask for, you know... if you, nothing else, how about a buck an hour? So we're going to play for 25 25 hours this year, um, which is which is special. Um, I forget the reasoning. Why was it uh was it because of the uh time change? Is that weekend? 
I think so. Yeah. So technically it's 25 hours we'll be playing. And uh, <laughs> so donate a buck an hour, $25. And uh, your support was greatly appreciated and will help heal kids. Um, so you can uh, you can do that by just going to Extra Life and uh, Team RP Gamer and uh, donate to any of the people on there. Um, thank you. And uh, let's move on to a phone call. Oh. Can I not play it? I don't know where my phone is. Oh, shoot. Hold on. All right, here we go. Let me get this going. So somebody sent us an email of an MP3 file. So that's something you can do. Um, submitting feedback to the show is as easy as emailing podcast at rpgamer.com. You can send us emails there. You can send us MP3 files there. You can call us at 608-729-4098. Um, and you can also go to our message boards at board.rpgamer.com. What are you gonna say? It's funny. I was just thinking, like this person just got on the podcast by sending us a letter or calling to the show. Yeah. What do you even it need? It's free. To... Yeah, it's... <laughs> you're right. It is. Oh, come on. Oh, my my systems are all non-functional. Um... Systems non-functional. Rebooting. Anna, do you know where my phone is? Oh, never mind. It's right here. <laughs> so this is where we fill time. Oh, my dad called, and I didn't notice. I feel bad. So, you, everyone, who's seen Pacific Rim, the nerd movie of the summer? Please don't mention anything. I have not yet seen it. I'm waiting for the Blu-ray release. Yeah, I know I'm weird, but I hate cinemas. They're pretty terrible. I saw it at a really garbage theater. In Delaware. Delaware? At the Regal? There aren't very many Regals in uh, in uh, Southern California. There's like two. Oh, shoot. Our mail server went offline. That's my issue. The Regal Cinema I went to was garbage. Bad bad location, tiny theater. There was a stain on the screen. <laughs> a weird discolorment on the Ew. screen the whole time. Ew. Like someone threw soda on there and they never bought it to clean it ever. It was a really garbage theater. I almost wish I would have waited to see it on Blu-ray. I probably would have gotten a better experience. And you know the best part about watching a movie at home? You can pause it so you can go pee. <laughs> okay. You know, movies are getting more and more bloated now. Like, every summer at Blockbuster is like two and a half hours. And they still expect you to buy a soda beforehand or something. Well, don't buy the soda. Hey, I'm getting old, man. You need your soda? No, I need to pee sometimes. <laughs> a little bit, two hour and a half hour movie. That's what Run P is for. Run P. Run P. It's best app ever. When is it safe to go run and pee during a movie? Yes. All right, I'm they give you the trigger phases, and they tell you. Um, there's a lot of apps that tell you this now, but they tell you if there's anything after the credits at the end too. Oh, that's what I did during uh, Pacific Rim. I, I looked on the thing after the credits, and I said, yeah. "Okay, one scene halfway through." Okay, and I watched it. And I said nothing at the end, and I left. But man, Regal Cinema is not a good cinema. <laughs> that seems odd given the name. Yeah, go fig. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. So you wait, you and Anna haven't seen Pacific Rim either. We haven't seen Pacific Rim. We didn't go to see Wolverine, so we're not. We're behind. The, what was the last movie you guys saw in theaters? Man of Steel and Monsters University. All right, with your coconut shrimp. Yeah, it was great. 
I can imagine you guys are like watching these two men fight like gladiators while you're eating your coconut shrimp. Yes, good. Continue to pummel each other. Yes. I keep trying to talk Anna into going to a movie, but she's like, oh, I'm tired. Let's go unpack boxes. Yeah, we've just been doing either social stuff with people or unpacking the house or buying <laughs> furniture. Sorry. It's true. Sorry. It's, it's, she is sorry. All right, well, forget that then. Uh, the call, can't, I can't play the call. Sorry, the mail servers are down and I didn't have Aww. it cached. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, the RP Gamer mail server is down? Yeah. Hang oh. on. Well, I thought you had like a Gmail for the podcast. No, it's podcast at rpgamer.com. That's not I'm Gmail. pretty sure we, have a, we do have RP a Gmail for our thing, though. Uh, okay. I'm not aware of that. It's the same one. It's our same. It's the same account that's tied to our YouTube. That's podcast.rpgamer.com, which is not a Gmail. That's a Google login, but it's not a Gmail. Mm. <laughs> no, that is not our. That is not us. If you're emailing that account, that's not us. <laughs> 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 you're just making up stuff now. All right, so we'll move on to the news. There's plenty oh, I'm of news really this sad. week. I thought there wasn't going to what? Did you have a Google Translate of the letter? No, it was it was an email into the into the pot. It was an email, so it wasn't Google translated. It wasn't oh. a voicemail. But people need to leave us voicemails too. Six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight. Leave us one night right now, telling us about um, the craziest mod for an RPG you've ever used. Clean faces. Clean faces. <laughs> the cleanest. Get those faces clean. <laughs> All right. Uh, while you're leaving, while you are preparing yourself for that, let's talk to you about some of the news this week. So first off, we've got a story um, about. Okay, I'm still behind. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is about Final Fantasy XIV. Go to our site. Go to rpgamer.com. We've got a huge round roundup of everybody's beta impressions for the Final Fantasy XIV beta. We've got Michael Cunningham's impressions. We've got Trent Seeley's impressions. We've got Nathan Sh- uh, Schlafen's impressions. And Alex Fuller's impressions. And Sarah McGar's impressions. So you can read- And there's a couple more on the forums because ours were too short to include. Yeah, because uh, you guys didn't play much. Yes, so you you can you can go read through what everyone's thinking about the the new game, what, how it's shaping up. Um, get ready for the release. That when is that game coming out? It's soon, right? No, what's five release? minutes? Isn't it August something? No, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So so go check that out. Um, we also have a story up. Oh, that's right. We have a review up about Shin Megami Tensei Four. Uh, Glenn Wilson reviewed it. So keep that in mind. He can be a bit hard at times. No, no. I think he's the perfect guy to review it. Not because cause he he fully played through uh, SM10 uh, Nocturne. He's played all the mainline series that came out here. And he did our review for uh, Strange Journey. Remember he came on the podcast and talked all about it? Yeah, but doesn't seem like his review for this game is a bit different than all the other reviews out there. Good. Okay. Fantastic. All right. So He's go, giving the perspective. How many times, Chris, have we had a conversation about reviewers that play 20 hours a game and then we play it all and our scores are different? So that's why... That's, so that's a serious allegation. A well, Adam makes a good point. I mean, right. for, we know for a fact that he played through the entire game. So yeah. his, his opinion is obviously colored by that. But the second opinion is that 
he actually like a lot of the reviewers I'm seeing now didn't play a lot of those main mainline series, or even really enjoyed Strange Journey, or even played through Strange Journey. So, well, but, yeah, so that might be important to know. So a newcomer to the series might have or very different someone feelings. who's come from Persona, yeah, is going to have a hugely different experience. But I'm apparently glad that a more can positive provide one. a different perspective than yeah. from like everyone else or the mainstream. It That's seems great. odd to me though that the people coming to it for the first time or from Persona might have a more positive experience than someone from the in the early games. games. Yeah, yeah, that I'm seems weird. Especially if they said it's easy. Oh yeah, yeah they definitely. Uh, oh yeah. There, there's, there's you. It. I feel like you can kind of tell how quickly a reviewer moved to easy by how quickly they mention it in the review. Okay. So, and there's a couple of reviews that it's like this game has an easy difficulty. It's like the first paragraph. It's like, well, yeah. So is this maybe the the thing? Maybe this game is better if played on easy. I think it's easier played on easy. Yes, I understand that. But if people who played it on easy are consistently giving it higher review scores. Doesn't that indicate that it might be a better game on easy? No, I think it indicates that people played 20 hours of it on easy. And gave up anyway? <laughs> and then reviewed it, because, okay. come on, Chris, how... And I mean, this is not a knock against them. I mean, this is just fact. How many big sites do you know that are going to play through an 80-hour game? Um, Unless it's for an endurance run, not many. <laughs> I mean, that is the advantage and the pitfall of being a big mainstream gaming website, especially since there is a lot of games coming out right now, just because there's not a lot of RPGs. Well, there's been a summer drought, of- so I don't know. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I think we'll agree to disagree there. Oh, yeah. That- for RPGs, totally. yeah, but in games in no, general? For, no, yeah, in general. Yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a big gap this summer where there was, like, just nothing. You know, I was thinking, though, but, like, Back to the hardcore perspective. I mean, if anyone should be providing that perspective, it's a RPG fan site. No, no, RP Gamer. Don't go to RPG Fan. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a role-playing game fan site. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm glad that we could provide that perspective. I think Glenn was the perfect do- person to do it because yeah. he has some nice – like if you actually – there's an even better discussion. If you go into the comments for that story, there's a yeah. great discussion where some people came in and were criticizing them or like how, why would you do this or this? And he, Glenn is very nicely comes in and, and get, answers everybody's questions, further elaborates wait, on Wait, points. wait, wait. Glenn was nice to people? Yeah, he, yeah. No that's, kidding. That's He's the biggest news of the whole thing. He's not only nice, actually, but he elaborated it's funny. on his point respectfully and actually added more to the review. And it's funny because it, it is a little bit pedantic, but we actually had like a really good back and forth about um, poison in the game. And how while we all agree that um, SMT actually makes a, like a debuff like that um, like seriously challenging, at the same time, it sort of feels like, Manny, help me out on this. Mm. The thing that I have sort of found about SMT games maybe it's more of a persona thing is that they are going to throw a challenge at you and you have to deal with that challenge until eventually you work yourself up to a point where there is an easy way to resolve not beat but at least resolve um i would say more so in the persona than the mainline series okay because it's like one thing that i've noticed in smt4 is they don't put counter elementals with each other. Mm-hmm. So having like the ma spells on your demons is super duper good. Whereas in Persona, you didn't always have that option. They tended to include some 
mixed elementals in there. So even if you had something that was weak to Xan. Um, I would say like in Nocturne, for example, it, w- it didn't get to the point where you could easily counter it. It got to the point where you can manage it and consistently yeah, manage Yeah, it. consistently manage. So I mean, here here was sort of the discussion that we had is that um, there are areas that basically inundate you with poison or old and that even even as you progress in the game, you're still stuck with Pozumdi, which is like remove poison off of one person. Mm. See, it was more like I think – that's definitely changed because I think even back then it was the most more of a case. Well, we're gonna if you're gonna periodically run across a guy who does a Hama spell who can instant kill you or a Mudo mm-hmm. spell can instant kill you or poison you. So maybe have a few anti poisons just just in your bag just in case. There. Okay. Well, and that's the other thing is I don't think there's. I so far haven't found a way to no poison. It may just be an accessory that I've missed along the way. I mean, this is why I dumped so much stuff into my luck stat, because it minimizes the amount of status effects that you get. But yeah, it's just... I don't know. I've always sort of felt like this is this sucks, and I totally have to deal with it. Should eventually move towards... It sucks, but now I have a way to deal with it a little more efficiently. You know, the funny thing is it felt more like knowledge-based later on like in, in the earlier Nocturne because in the earlier games because it'd be more like or even like something like Devil Summoner side stories because it'd be like okay now I know I'll just try to keep a demon around oh I know that guy I know what that guy's capable of right. I'm going and to I think a lot of it in um, SMT4 is getting first strikes yeah and being able to kill stuff before it status affects you but anyways, that was the really long discussion that we had, and there was points on both sides, and it was really civil, and no one got called a stupid face, and yeah, that's what I like well, about it. I mean, it's only natural that the series would change. I mean, Kaneko wasn't in char- like directly in charge of this one, was he? He did um, – oh, this also came up in the forums, and I don't remember where it is. He had some role in it. But he definitely wasn't like overseeing it like he did in the past. I don't think so. Um, I know he contributed the concept of Mikado. Hmm. Well, the, then in that case, he's only touching thematically, not not system wise. Then, right? Could be. Yeah. I don't know enough to answer your question. Um, but there might be an answer sense. in the forums. But even just just practical sense, the Persona and Persona Three like eclipse everything previous in the Mega Ten series. They're like the most successful games that franchise has ever had. It's crossed over into anime, into like mainstream, wide mainstream appeal. I mean, this—that's the game that made it over. That's the crossover franchise for them. Is Persona Three and Four? Um, so, did you know that there's a new Persona movie coming out? There you go. So oh, that's you, one of my you, stories this week. Oh, oh, so sorry. are you surprised at all that uh, that the game would take some cues from their most successful franchise yet? No, that's fair. You're totally right. So. But so there you go. If you want the perspective of someone who's been with the franchise for a while, I think Glenn – I mean Glenn does some good comparisons to the the last true SMT game, which was was Strange Journey, which is strange though because – no pun intended – is that it was like sort of like SMT4 but not really. So it's interesting to see how how they've changed from from Strange Journey to this and what they decided to bring along and not. Have you played SMT4 yet, Manny? Um, no, not yet. I, oh. I, I still own a 3DS. Oh, okay. I know, I should get a 3DS, huh? Probably. That's the games you want on it. Anna, have you played Strange Journey at all? Or No, I 
think I own it, but are you interested in going back? Out, it just came out when I was busy with a bunch of other things. Well, hearing what you hear about about how this really isn't a traditional old school dungeon crawler, are you at all interested in going back? I don't know. I would. I would. I think I'd rather finish um, Soul Hackers. All right. Because I didn't. So interesting. There you go. I mean, this whole franchise, this the series. So this whole uh, Mega Ten franchise is so diverse now that you can have your favorites and stay in your own little pocket. You know, little area of the pool. Cool. There you go, Chris. First conversation of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I know is. we're all kind of tired today, huh? Just tell me what you did. Okay. This is what I'm I did. Just, cool. I'm learning about a game I didn't know existed. Which one is that? Um, Divinity Dragon Commander. Oh, that's I can tell you a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we we aren't as a site we aren't covering that because it's it falls more into think more StarCraft than Divinity Original Sin, which is you know more like a Diablo or sort of an isometric action RPG. Okay. This one is more straight up StarCraft. You have a you have a ship like the Hyperion in StarCraft Two. You know where you where you can talk to people, make decisions, have upgrades, but they throw in some more uh, you know some more pol- political stuff in there and dialogue trees. Where who do you want to marry? It'll strengthen your alliance with this faction or this faction. And then there's an overworld map. Where it's more like a game, like a game board, where you can move sort of like these little unit pieces along the map and take territories. And then when you take a territory with your little pieces, then you go into a you know there's basically three different layers. And the third final layer is like a tactical battle, sort of like where you're you're sort of think a brutal legend, where you're flying around as a dragon, directly engaging in combat, but you're also sort of saying. I want my troops to move here and take this fort. And then after this, I want them to move there and take this fort. But then you can still get involved and launch Dragon Ball. I mean, fireballs and all that stuff. <laughs> dragon balls. I know. <laughs> take out your dragon balls. But yeah, it looks like you get to fly around as a dragon. Yeah, That's but it's great. not. It's not an action. It's it's a weird mix of a little bit of everything. But uh, brutal legend makes me scared. Ah, uh, well. To be fair, they didn't really execute well on that part. No. But the basic idea, or, or, or maybe in the sense that it's doing too much, is that mm-hmm. what you mean? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's hard to have a, a strategy game and an action game at the same time and have it be fun. Is you know? Well, we'll see if they're the if they can crack that nut, right? Hmm. It what looks else? pretty too, um, at least on the PC here. Hmm. Oh, and there's a full-on multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Up to like four players, I think, and each you know each person picks a side. You fight drag, you know, have dragon duels while still at the same time making making sure your forces take their forts and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we were told it has RPG elements, but in the same way that StarCraft Two has RPG elements, so that's why RP Gamer is not covering that one. Hmm. Well, that looks cool. Yet another game I don't have time for. All right, so. This is that's what the podcast really is an outlet for me to shop. Um, let's see, what do we actually have for sh- for news? Sweet home, yeah, sweet home. Uh, more rainbows. That's right. Rainbow Moon is getting a sequel, right? No, it's not. Um, it, Rainbow. Wait, yes, it is. It's called Rainbow Skies. Um, and but in addition, there's a Vita version of Rainbow Moon that's still on the way. So they want to let you know that's coming out 2013, and there'll be cross save functionality as well. Uh, but the, it, that's kind of what's holding them up, apparently. Uh, oh, Etrian Odyssey 4 and Dragon's Crown are coming to Europe, which apparently is a good thing. I don't know about you, Manny. I, I've been hearing nothing but good things about Dragon's Crown this week. 
Um, well, if you follow RP Gamer's own, uh, oh, Sam's been playing it, right? And so is Adrian. Adrian. They've what been, they and they've been playing co-op together too. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, they both really love it. Okay. So that's that's good. Look, see, follow- even like right there, the latest tweet from uh, on my timeline was three minutes ago. It's Adrian talking to uh, Sam. He says, hopefully we can play tonight. Maybe we can get those last four talismans, exclamation point. Sam is Mary Go Down on Twitter. Adrian yeah. is Robo Mega Man. And uh, you can you can follow them and see what they're thinking about it. Here, here's, like a little tw- here's a little exchange between the two of them. Awesome evening of Dragon's Crown with Mary Go Down. Sadly over. Game's even more fun in co-op. And then she says, can't wait for more co-op insanity later on. Happy face. Yeah, um, and then hopefully tonight, maybe we can get those last four talismans. So there you go. Play this game in co-op if you can. If you want to follow all the RP Gamer staff, you can also go to the at RP Gamer Twitter and follow the staff list from there. Oh, good point. I'm curious. What happened? I'm curse. I'm curious. What uh, about? Well, uh, remember we had the, the Twitter feed on the side of the RP Gamer page on the front page? Uh, yeah. What happened to that? I didn't know we got rid of it. Maybe they didn't like it. Huh. Nobody knows? I don't know. Maybe we weren't tweeting enough interesting stuff. I honestly couldn't tell you. I didn't know it got removed. All right. Cool. Okay. So, oh, that's right. I need to pick up gunpoint, don't I? All right. Etrian Odyssey 4 as well in the in the in the Europe. And I can tell you that Etrian Odyssey 4 is a great game as well. Uh, Star Ocean is getting it's its turn to get a social role-playing card game. Because that's that's all that comes out on mobile platforms anymore. <laughs> It'll be called Star Ocean Material Trader. All we know right now is it's coming out in Japan. We don't know if it's coming out in, in everywhere else, but given how these games work, uh you can pretty much count on it. Um so the game progresses through a series of quests, which gets you experience and money, and wow, that's how quests work, huh? Uh, you find, you collect cards based off different items and characters from the long from the Star Ocean, and it's being run by the series producer, producer Yoshinora Yamagishi, and the Square Enix smartphone division Hippo Labs is developing the game. Um, so Jap- uh, iOS and Android comes out in Japan this year. Other regions, we don't know yet, but probably very soon. Persona 3 is getting a movie, as Anna told you. Uh, Japan in November 23rd. We don't know when it'll come out here. Uh, it'll probably come out here, though, because I think all the other Persona stuff has come out here. Uh, who's? Do you know who's localized all that stuff? Has it been, uh, what's it called? Uh, Anna, what's it called? Anaplex? Animation? Funimation? Funimation? I think it was Funimation, actually. Ah, I I'm hate their sure. tagline. Don't they have the, they have the worst like tagline? Well, they used to have the worst translations, so at least oh, now right. it's only just the you know bad tagline. You should be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Passive aggressive animation. Yeah. Well, they have. Uh, you can actually subscribe to their site, and get access to all their stuff. Uh, well, I guess a lot of it's for free, streaming on their website too. So, cool. them awesome. and Crunchyroll. That that's all you need for anime right now. It seems. I think there's some other sources too. I just need to learn about it. Um, here's something I was sad to learn about. Um, Age of Wushu is adding a new mechanic to their game um, where you can be castrated. <laughs> yes, Pardon? you heard me. You heard me. Oh, wait, wait. It makes So then you become a eunuch and you go yes. work in the Imperial... <laughs> no. Um, apparently, you can be 
sieged upon by the evil aligned rootless clan and they can forcibly castrate you. Rootless it's a very clan. Yeah, it's a very really? it's a low success rate for it to happen. Otherwise you'll just sustain a lot of damage. And if it happens, um you'll be invited to join the Rootless Clan, which only seeks out players of a certain skill level, says the story here. And that's all I know. It's very weird. I don't know when it's coming. Um the video they have here is all in Chinese, so I can't understand it. And there you go. <laughs> There you go. This is definitely a game made in China. I was thinking at first, like, oh, I, I guess they're trying to give us like a historical lesson. You become a eunuch, and then you can serve within the imperial palace, just like in the. Apparently, this is a thing in the wuxia style of um, of a it's a wuxia genre. stuff. Yeah, in that yeah. genre, castration has been used before, and as a way of getting more power. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I know the trope. Like every now and then, there'll be like the oh my eunuchs. In the Imperial Palace, this isn't like, th- this isn't random. This isn't like NPCs. These are other players who target uh, you. That's it's, uh. it's their daily quest to make somebody one of them. Oh, jeez. Google gobble, Google gobble. One of us. Cool, cool. Um, the, and random players can destroy the tent to save the person. Um, and yeah, all this other stuff. So it'll only happen in secluded areas. So they're really trying to build it so that you get, you basically mugged while you're running around in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> wow. And get weed whacked? Yep. Yikes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of getting whacked, Eidos Montreal says, I'm resigning. Uh, the general manager, that is, <laughs> due to a lack of courage at Square Enix. <laughs> Due to a lack of courage? Yeah. Courage, so, communication, and vision. Yep. The lack of leadership, lack of courage, and the lack of communication were so evident that I wasn't able to conduct my job correctly. I realized that our differences were irreconcilable and that the best decision was, unfortunately, to part ways. So that was uh, uh, Stefan Dastus. Dastu? I don't know. He's resigned from the company as of last Friday, and... Uh, yeah, this is all be- this is all stemming to trying to reconcile the differences between um, Eidos and Square Enix Europe. So they've had issues in Europe apparently, and the financial shortcomings in Europe and and caused Square Enix so Japan. Uh, it just talks about Europe is the big issue apparently. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, I'm sure Anna. There's plenty of blame to throw on SE Japan too. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of issues going on at Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. So, whatever. Um, so, yeah, more trouble for Square Enix. Um, <laughs> but I like how when the story came out, though, no one seemed very surprised. Everyone mm-hmm. seemed sort of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it just sort of just made sense to everyone. Like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. Well, uh, next up for Square Enix is Lightning Returns Final Fantasy Thirteen, and they want to let you know that it includes Twitter and Facebook integration. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, okay. did they actually release a press release for that? Apparently, the well, no, Silicon Era reported on a it, they they released this through Dengeki PlayStation Magazine. See that? I feel like it's almost like oh, that's cute, Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. according to the report. Uh, updates will send to social networks uh, after you beat bosses, and, as well as reporting your overall score when you defeat the boss, because that's what we needed more spam I, I it's now, like 
it seems like I said, if, if Square Enix knew better, they wouldn't even advertise that. They wouldn't make it a press release. They wouldn't. It wouldn't be news in a story. It'd be something that you can do, and that's the end of the story. It just makes well, people I angry. Mean, why not try to get press out of a feature? They got another. Are they, you kidding me? They like, got another ahead. article in the cycle. Yeah, and a lot of the criticism as a result. Mm. Yes, but talking is good, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, publicity is bad. Publicity idea. Which we know isn't true. <laughs> We've learned throughout the course of this show's history that's not true. Microsoft has uh, decided indies can publish for the Xbox One. Well, uh, sort of, kind of. That's not really what's happening. Uh-oh. What's going on? Well, read the story. It's long. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's being misinterpreted. Uh, okay. Well... We talked about this before the show. We were saying like there's a there's a three phase cycle to Microsoft news. First, you know, first stage is a rumor. Well, this is the actual Microsoft stuff. I thought. Yeah, exactly. Three phases. Yeah. First part is an unsubstantiated rumor. Second one is a terse response from Microsoft, and then the third one are actual details from Microsoft that, late, that come at a much later date. We're still in phase two right now. Oh, well. So how's this working then? Exactly. Microsoft's new plan for self-publishing, which adopts an approach more like Apple and Google's uh, through the iTunes and Google Play app stores, this is according to Polygon, uh, brings the Xbox One's narrative... Okay, okay, that's a summary. So how do they do it? Um, I don't know. They, they Exactly. But they said... Wait, wait. They're saying... Hey, Chris. What? Do you remember when we were watching The West Wing... And the president turns to the other guy and says, what's the next 10 words? Mm-hmm. No. Um, leading to the concerns that smaller independent... Blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's a vision. <laughs> it's yep, how we architected the Xbox One, but it won't be there at launch. But indie development on support on the console will roll out in phases that will likely include a beta and publicly discussing policies. Um... Think they haven't about even that. Publicly discussed the policy. Think yet. about it in that first year, and people are reporting there's one way it might work. Like they'll run in the Windows machine on the box, which means they will have access. See, to... that's what I'm saying. We're reporting on we don't know anything yet. Wow, you're right. There's a lot We're of in... very definitive statements about how this. Yeah. Okay. We're in phase two. We're in. Yeah, we're totally going to do that. Wait till phase three until we actually learn and we go. Oh, this isn't as good as we thought. It might be better, but we don't know. Exactly. Then there's a and s- honestly, I have a client, and I'm definitely not telling you who it is, mm-hmm. that poked Microsoft about it, and they got a, a, a very non-committal answer oh, good. to some very serious questions. Okay. So they were thinking about. But the idea is that you would. So the idea is you would be able to develop with your Xbox One, just a normal mm-hmm. Xbox One. That those are going to be the dev kits, and you have to right. pay some fee to Microsoft, some hundreds of dollars, to you know get some sort of license or something to to actually do it. But we mm-hmm. don't really know the details at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing we know for sure is that Xbox Ones will be able to be dev units, which is great for reviewers. Yes. We hope. That feels more like a perk to the media than a perk to the devs. Until we know how indie devs Assuming it's what we think it is. Right. 
that somehow the media person will be able to pay some hundreds of dollars and then can play review copies on their game on their console, which is kind of what I'm hoping because that solves a lot of issues for our reviews. In the meantime, uh, PlayStation Four has says uh, you know there's stories about how much it costs to do to get a dev kit for a PS4, about twenty five hundred dollars. Um, which actually doesn't seem too bad to me compared to as a business expense. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, it's two thousand more than an Xbox One, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the Xbox One has some additional fees you need to pay. Um, you can always, you know, self publishing is totally available on the on the on the PS4, and there's indie developers being given them for free. Um, yeah, I mean that it seems like a reasonable price. Like even if you think like the iOS App Store, it's like oh, you only need a ninety nine dollar developer. Uh, license, but then you still need actual Mac hardware to do it. So you know that's a that's like a thousand dollar plus MacBook Pro to develop on at the right. minimum, and then you still need to test it on like an iOS device on their iPhone or an iPad. That's another few hundred dollars. So yeah, you're right, Chris. That seems totally reasonable. Uh, yeah. Um, apparently, PS3 dev kits were between one thousand and ten thousand, depending on what kind of dev kit you got. Mm-hmm. Um, and this article doesn't mention any existence of multiple dev kits for the PS4. So I guess they're just standardizing. Let's hope so. Um, honestly, given the PC architecture of these things, you'd wish that a lot of the dev tools could just run on a PC. Yeah. Or whatever. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, oh, yeah. Doing so great right now. They came out and, and told us that 27% of the people who own a console have bought a game. Which means that like 73% of them haven't. Yes. So the- and by the way, the top grossing game on the system has a six percent sell through rate. Woohoo! But you know, is it a really expensive game? Maybe they're they're benefiting from the big fish methodology, right? No. No, isn't it like a dollar ninety nine? Probably is. I don't know. Uh, they don't they don't surface the prices for games until you get to the point where you have to it, buy it. Until it's time to fund the fun. Yeah. Are we talking about how crap the OUYA is? Yes. Yes. Just, sorry, I just sort of walked back in on that conversation right in the middle. Do you have one? No. Oh. Why the hell would I buy an OUYA? I don't I'm know. Really... Maybe it's a streaming box for something. Why? You can get a Chrome thing for $35. Well, that didn't exist until just like a couple days ago. Yeah, and now it does, and it makes the OUYA look dumb. How do I get a Chromecast? <laughs> oh, go on Amazon. Oh, they're on Amazon even? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Order oh, Google.com slash Chromecast. The easiest yeah. way to... Don't I have to plug power into this stupid thing, though? I don't know, dude. Don't you have to plug power into an Ouya? Yeah. So how does this work? Um, hmm. From but Netflix, apparently not, YouTube, though, Google right? Play, and Chrome. No more huddling around small screens. I don't know. Can I just run a cord from my PC? Yeah, you can. Subscriptions may be required with certain content providers. This Chromecast thing looks cool. I, I need to learn more about it. Um... I didn't realize they were actually available now for thirty-five yeah. bucks. So the new Nexus Seven. Well, I don't need a Nexus Seven. No, I'm just saying those are available too now. Okay, well. I know people think like we're Apple snobs, but the Nexus Seven's a great small seven-inch tablet. I mean, if you're looking for an Android tablet to play some games on, it's <laughs> cheap as hell. All right, I'm watching That's their good. I'm watching their marketing video for the Chromecast. On the bottom, it says "power cord required, not shown." Shortened sequences. So, don't believe everything you see. Okay. So, all right. The Ouya not doing so well then. 73% of the users haven't bought a game. 
And everyone is uniquely disappointed, apparently. So, whatever. According to YouTube videos that show disappointed Uya owners. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. There is a g- game called Towerfall. Um, he's made about $21,000 since launch. Uh, and he's been sitting at the top of the Ouya sales charts. You want to know something? Apparently he's going to make bad. 10 times that when he releases the game on Steam in a month. You think? Absolutely. Hmm. No, but he's, it's been confirmed. He is going to release the game on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the the one reason to you know, get an Ouya right now is Towerfall, and that's coming to Steam. Well, uh, something else that's been confirmed is... Drake- remember, Chris? I just want to remember someone called us a snobs in the forum because we weren't interested in the Ouya. Oh, yeah. We were called elitist snobs because we had... Uh, but, like, I felt like... I- uh, you guys were also called elitist snobs for calling the Retcon 5, not the current generation. <laughs> just saying. Isn't the, isn't the whole point of that is that it's not current generation? It, it is a current generation console. No, it's well, not! The whole point that it plays it's a retro the, I mean, console. It plays retro yes, games. But it's this generation. No, no it's the play. Hey, 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 hey. The PlayStation 4 will play PlayStation 3 games. Does that mean it's not the current generation? Well, actually, the PlayStation it won't. 4 won't play PS3 games. Yeah, yeah. well, over Gaikai. <laughs> <laughs> The PS4 is a when they is fix a, that get working in three years. Yeah, the, the PlayStation 4, Three plays PlayStation Two and PlayStation One games. Okay, here, here's 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 how you figure this out, Anna. Mm-hmm. Are there games being released for the console now? Yes. Okay, so what PS3 games are coming out in three years? Oh, that's not important. You asked if there are games coming out for the system, and there are games that are coming for out the for the Retcon 5? Five. Yeah, because people are still releasing Genesis games. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Let's go on to the next topic. Jeez. I'm just going to hang up on you. That's what I do. I win. All right. So Dragon Age 2, it's been decided, is going to carry cross decisions to Dragon Age Inquisition. So, yeah. Play on. Wait, wait. Only if you get it on PC, I would assume. Uh, Oh, I have no idea. They did say how it's going to work. Because if you play it on the 360, good luck, right? Why? Because how are you going to get those saves there? Well, Inquisition's coming out on the 360. But don't you... No, it's not. Is yeah. it? Yeah. It's coming out. It's it's split gen. But why would you want to play it on 360 when you I, can play it on the... On the PC or Xbox One? I have no idea. But it will be out for the 360. Okay. It's fall of next year for Windows PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PS3, and 360. Um... And I, so you, you know, over under on when PS3 and Xbox 360 get dropped off of that and the game gets pushed out yet another year, you know, but whatever. All right. And, and by, by the way, that's a good sign if the game gets pushed out, yes, yet another year, because then now we're, you know, dealing with Bioware the way Bioware should be. <laughs> way behind schedule and over delivering, we hope. <laughs> All right. Square Enix has launched a new RPG, guys. It's a vampire action RPG on iOS called Blood Mask. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. No, you guys missed the... You guys You guys are freaking out about the wrong thing. Why? Because the part they should be guys saying, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, to is the, is the game's gimmick. You can scan your face in to be the main character. That's the oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I would like to point out that there is another game that came out last year that does this. What's that? 
I don't remember its name. Oh, you're. Useless. I would also like to there's point a out browser that, version and a mobile version. I also like the, that's the only. Ah, that's the only like that's the top selling point for this Square Enix game is the fact that I you know. can put your face in. And it. I saw it. and I started laughing. I'm like, I did a press release for someone like a year and a half ago, and this was their shtick too. And it's a terrible. It's basically bad Infinity Blade, but you can put your face on the character. So, does anyone know where this game was made in Japan? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I feel like the Japanese are pretty bad at putting in darker skin tones sometimes. So, well, it's, <laughs> and their character creation games. So I could imagine if you're a black guy, you might have white skin. <laughs> no, it just throw, it throws your picture right on the model. Yeah, but just around the face area, right? What about the body? Um, you have gloves and stuff on. Okay, that's how they get around yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> it is really cheesy looking. I kind of want to try it. <laughs> You're not going to pay money for that, are you? Uh, it's only seven bucks. Only what? seven dollars. No, it's only seven bucks, dude. Go no. buy Deus Ex Human Revolution. I on did. IPad. I did. Oh, okay. Have you tried it out? No. I've been playing. Chris, you got a Ace podcast, Attorney. man. I know. <laughs> There's two new RPGs you could be talking about right now. And you own both of them, Shadow Run and Deus Ex. You've been telling us your opinions. Oh, you can only play the game online. The Blood Mask. Wow. <laughs> what, are they using pens at face DRM? I have no idea. <laughs> does anyone here give? Does anyone here still give a crap about League of Legends? Yeah, League of Why? Legends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, the EU um, League Championship Series is going on, and someone has just picked Karma like in a pro match. Uh, what? It's happening. No, no, just no, no, no. Why is that a big deal? I have no idea. Karma was Karma was like I think had statistics as like the 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 least played character in the game period Mm. for many years, or at least until since she was released, and then she was rebuilt a while back, and then nobody picked her. Still, and now someone has picked her for a pro game. This 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 is good. Cool. Sorry, random interjection. It's just sort of floored everybody. How are the commentators taking it? Mm. One of them said, "Oh my god, it's been locked in." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, I guess that's the equivalent of someone picking Dan in an evil match, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a bit like someone picking Dan for for um, in a Street Fighter tournament. Yeah, like Evil Finals. Someone's picking. Yeah, Dan. but in the same way, it's kind of like well, Karma has been redone. It's sort of like it's like people just haven't kind of explored ever explored what the the new character can do really. So that might be a brilliant strategy. This person yeah. might be secretly Maybe. playing this character this whole time, and no one knows how to counter it. Yeah, well, it is being done by Gambit, former Moscow Five. Yeah, it's being done by the crazy Russians. So. Cool. Can't wait Sorry. to see the dash cam footage of this match. <laughs> Sorry, you, I, you may now return to your regular podcast. So Square Enix is doing something we don't agree with again. No, no, <laughs> let's talk about Runic Games. They oh. uh, Apparently they sold 2 million units of Torchlight 2 in the past 10 months, and that, that doubles the amount of sales of Torchlight in half the time. Yeah. And you know, my best the best part was is how quickly they got out that Mac version. They were right. When they said they were going to get that out in a couple of months after the launch of the, the Windows version, they did not lie. And I have been enjoying that Mac release ever since. Of what? 
Torchlight 2. Yeah, that still doesn't come out, has it? No, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the best sarcasm ever, Manny. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, Torchlight 2 is fun, but I don't think it has the tail that Diablo 3 has. No, but it was just so funny, though. They Like, interview after interview, oh, yeah, the Magma was going to be like, we got our tech down. It's going to be out like in a month or two afterwards. We're, we Much shorter time than the last time. Because last time it took us six months to do the port. I, I have no idea now, what those guys are doing. First, for the first game, the people that they chose to do the Mac port, they had to fire and rehire a new team. Oh. So that was the reason behind the delay in the first one. Honestly, I haven't been to the Runic Games forum in like a year. You know what's funny? I have it was like been too busy. Uh, so no, I you t- were there during the launch of Torchlight Two. Yeah, sorry, I was when Torchlight Two came out, and then it was like, what? When did Torchlight Two come out? Oh, apparently ten last months? September or something. <laughs> yeah. So I was around for like September, October, and maybe a little bit of November, and then life just <sighs> November to to July of this year has just been like <laughs> blur. Yep. Um. Yeah. And now there's other, you know, Diablo-type games that you can play, like uh, Van Helsing, and um, what was that other one? People, were, oh shoot, shoot! The there's spread. another one I need to play, and I forgot what it was. Oh well. Akaniro. Akaniro. No. I don't know that. No, that name doesn't sound familiar to me. All right. Hmm. Uh, shoot! There was another one though. Grimdon. Oh yeah, that yeah, that's. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, you betcha. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Oh As yeah. In, oh it's, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's no. A, it's a terrible console. No. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> oh no. Oh, don't you know? Ain't that something? Yeah. Oh well, I thought there was another one. I guess it was just Van Helsing. Um, Path of Exile, no. Path of Exile, yeah. I, I still need to get like heavy into that. Um, Diablo expansion. When's that coming? Yeah. Before or after the Torchlight 2 Mac version? I was going to say sometime... Jungle Karma, what the hell? (laughs) Sorry. All right. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is going to be distributed in North America by Warner Brothers? Yeah, they did. I think last time they did Atari. They went with Atari or something like that. I guess that's an upgrade, yeah. Um... They've partnered with a lot of people over They're the world. They're just distributing it. CD Projekt's still the publisher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they had mean? THQ distributed at one point. They had Namco Bandai. So what's the difference between a distributor? What does distributor do? They just ship it out or do they actually pub- like make the copies? Yeah, they do. Mean? They handle the physical stuff. Well, then what does publishing mean if it doesn't include the physical stuff? Uh, your publisher gives, bankrolls you. All right. Whatever. Right? Yeah, they bankroll you, don't they? Or at least bankrolled like the localization. Like if it's a publisher of something. Yeah, I don't know. Or pay for the certification. I think games are different. Like the way publishing is supposed to work is yeah, they they bankroll you and then they, they get it take care of getting it out to people, right? But huh. I think it's different in games. Wasteland yeah. two recently made us made a, a similar announcement where they said Deep Silver is gonna be handling the physical side Ugh. of uh, Wasteland two. Are they gonna create some sort of ugly pre order statue? <laughs> No, I, I, the, the, that stuff has already been cited on a while. And uh, I asked, the, uh, what's his name, Brian Fargo on Twitter, when they're going to show off all the physical rewards and things. They said pretty soon. But <laughs> Ooh, that means a lot. I, he said I, they're working on it right now. All right. 
on actually making an update for that. But anyway, so Deep Silver is going to be, I think, like pressing the discs, packaging the stuff up, and then distributing it around the world and handling localization. So that lets them, like, uh, you know, their small little team in Newport actually make the game worry about content. And, uh, oh, let's do our weekly check of Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition. Is it still not on the App Store? I guess. You guess? You could tell me. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to the website. Um, <laughs> yes, it's still not on there. <laughs> we are unable to release the latest patch or the Android version and other stuff. They've got a letter on their website. Yeah, they got screwed by Atari. They got we, royally screwed. They're not even able to discuss the details, yet no, everyone else they, seems they, to already know it. <laughs> it sounds like they just got royally screwed. Like, they did all the work to to actually do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember how you said, I don't know how I should feel about uh, these guys doing that just so they could promote their store? Yeah. But it's not like anyone else was lining up to do a port of Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Or, or like, clean it up or add new content. Nobody was going to do that. And it's not like it's George Lucas who actually like destroyed all like who won't even let you buy the original versions of Star Wars. You can only buy those crappy special editions. Yeah, I like uh like the Bombcast idea that the first thing Disney should do is just release the original versions and say, Okay, here they are, now leave us alone. Can you imagine the goodwill that they would generate? <laughs> yeah. They would show that we're the proper stewards of the Star Wars franchise. We actually get it and we get you. Well, that's Here what it would original- show, but in reality, you're just making everybody shut up so you can go and do what you want to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you, you say that, but they're also making bank. How yeah, much money would exactly. they make just from that? Yeah, probably a lot. Because, yep. hmm. man, Return of the Jedi Special Edition is terrible. <laughs> what, because of the scene at the end? No, Sly Snoodles. Sly, Sly Snoodles. Oh, right. They changed the music number. I Not only the fact, there's a music number where someone's singing, Oofie, but the... Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I prefer, I prefer the Max Rebo style. Without oh, yeah, her. and it makes no sense either. Like that they Actually, it was pretty dumb, and it was a big F you that uh, George Lucas put uh, Hayden Christensen at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at that, oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Alec Guinness wasn't suddenly uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I know. It was, it was who Luke Skywalker saw and remembered, at, and has how he saw them last. How the hell would he know what his dad looked like when he was twenty? I don't know if that's really what it is. I mean, that's certainly a theory about what. what well, you it's see. part of it too. It's like the, it's them as, as they died. Yeah. So yeah, why is as he they appearing? die, you're right. Yeah, that that makes more sense. But and why is he wow. appearing as a twenty year old? Wow, how did we get on this topic, Manny? <laughs> <laughs> We have so much anger. <laughs> what other movies right. have been destroyed? All right, Chris, what's the over under on uh, Kingdom of R two D two and Kingdom Hearts three? Ooh, I I really don't think it's going to happen. No, no, not not in any way. Hmm. They did Pirates of the Caribbean. They did. And they did Tron. When did they do Pirates? Um, the last one, right? Uh, the PSP one? Anna, you uh, played that one, right? No, she didn't. Wait, are we talking about Kingdom Hearts? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. There you go. Oh, it was in... Man. Kingdom Hearts 2 came out that recently? <laughs> I didn't realize that. No, no, no. All these movies are that old, and you're that yeah, old, Chris. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it was kind of, actually... It's, it, it was kind of neat playing... Um, 
the Japanese version of Kingdom Hearts 2 because they got um, the guy who basically dubbed Jack Sparrow in the movies, in, like the Japanese release of the movies, to do it, to do his voice. So you're he saying the Japanese Jack Sparrow sounds more legitimate than the U.S. Kingdom Hearts 2 well, Jack no, Sparrow? Well, no, yeah, because the thing is, is the U.S. Kingdom Hearts got another guy that wasn't Johnny Depp to right. do Jack Sparrow. right. And I just think he does like a sort of fairly decent approximation of his voice, considering you know vast differences in language. Actually, funnily enough, the most of the cast of Kingdom Hearts do. If you um, the Japanese guy struggling to do Donald Duck is actually pretty damn good. That's funny. <laughs> How would you even? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the Japanese version had less weird censoring. Well, I, did it? I, that's what Shadow says in the oh. chat room. But here's the thing, from. The Japanese version and the U.S. version, the only versions there are. What are you comparing it to to know if there's censoring? What? Oh, uh, since we're on the Star Wars update, I want to ask you a question, Chris. Yeah? Did you ever get your uh, Old Republic stuff sorted out? Oh, into the... What, what stuff? Didn't you lose your... You remember uh, how you couldn't get in because your authenticator oh. wouldn't work because you had a free account? No, no, no. I couldn't get in because I lost my authenticator app. Mm-hmm. Now I can get in, but I can't use an authenticator because I have a free account. Okay, so but so everything's been fixed, so you could play it if you wanted to. I could play it if I wanted to. I logged in and everything. Yep. You guys, you actually going to go back and play anymore? Or are you done? Um. Wow. It's on the list. All right. <laughs> so probably not. Which is too bad, because I wanted to finish out the story for that character, but I don't know when I'm going to get to it. Well, not only that, though. I mean, even if you just you have, still have all the single characters, I mean, all the class stories for everybody, right, to play through? I don't want to play through the other ones. I no. think one's right. enough. It's it's so long, you know? Like, the story's spread out among so much MMO gameplay. It's Knights of the Old Republic 4, 5, 6, and 7. Sure. <laughs> Are you done, Anna, too, with uh, old, the oh, Old yeah. Republic? Right. She I won't mean, even play with me. Makes me sad. Star Wars was never my shtick. But you, you did got play into enough it. to get into it, right? right? Yeah, she got into it just for the game. She watched all the movies and everything, and she was like, she was totally on board. She's yeah. like, oh yeah, this is a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah. But and she was I mean, smart. She torrented the original theatrical releases too. Yep. Yeah. And that crap. All right. Well. Last hey, story. This is going to suck. Uh, well, last two stories. Activision Blizzard is separating from Vivendi. Yep. They're the world's biggest indie developer now. <laughs> can't wait for the next Humble Bundle where we can get Call of Duty for a dollar. Pay what you want. DRM free Call of Duty. Hey, if, if Modern Warfare 2 came out, if I could get Call, uh, Modern Warfare 2 for a dollar um, DRM free, I'd probably get it. The multiplayer yeah. wasn't that bad. I, I you would, go. you know, excise my right to basically flatly ignore the single player and possibly play the game muted so I didn't have to deal with um, idiots on microphone chat. But I don't know. It's I, weird. The I only played... thing that appeals to me about Call of Duty is the single player. Uh, it, it just, it's weird because I said David once dared me to play the multiplayer during one of Steam's free weekends. It wasn't that bad. No, yeah. it's fine. I've... And anything, you probably had a better experience on PC than you did playing with a bunch of prepubescent teens on Xbox Live. Hmm. Speaking of which, Chris, I gave you that code for uh, Black Ops 2. Did you ever play? I redeemed the code. Uh-huh. Is there, is there another <laughs> half of that sentence? No. No. <laughs> I was going to get around to it. 
I think you would like the single player mode in this one more than any other because there's a lot more choice and there's a lot more branching paths and just sort of like consequences to your actions. But I haven't played Black Ops 1. Forget it. Garbage. Don't even bother. Okay. Well, what about... I still want to play Modern Warfare 1. Eh. You'll get everything you want to get out of just playing this one because it's just... it's the same kind of experience, that same kind of tunnel experience, except yeah. they actually broke up the tunnel into little paths. Okay. So you can actually – you actually have some choice. Okay. All right. Last story. Bad news for Blizzard. Their subscriptions have still gone down. Um, they lost 300,000 subscribers in the past <laughs> three months. But the good news is the, the uh, interval prior to that was 1.3 million subscribers lost. And before that was even more subscribers lost. So they have slowed the loss of subscribers. So they're reaching a new plateau, a more stable, like 6 million people about? Well, you, we'll only be able to tell with uh, the next the next report to see if it continues to slow or continues to be small. Um, but yeah, the potentially good news for them to plateau at you know 7.7 million subscribers is where they are now. And uh, yeah, and that should be plenty to carry them into their next expansion that's like that isn't that like six times what or like no like 10 times what the old republic ever had at its highest Mm -hmm. so i I mean even if they just stay at a stable six million for the next for the rest of their you know for the next five years how could anybody complain i mean you can't really expect something to be like a like a cross, like what's it called a pop culture phenomenon forever you know you know gangnam style is not going to be the number one song on the radio forever you know, we're not going to have a new episode of of South Park starring World of Warcraft every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those days are gone. But if they can still stay like at six million people giving them $15 a month, that's 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 a great business to be in. Uh, we'll see what uh, how 14 affects it, too, when that comes out. Do you actually think 14 will? Mm. Different markets, Chris, different markets. Really? I don't. Yeah, I, you you play both. I play both. Anna plays both. Yeah, but I, think I still you guys think are... no. But I think for like li- on like larger scale numbers, I think they're different markets. Okay. I've, I, I'm one with Quinn on this one because I think you guys both like Western and have an affinity for Japanese things. I think um, a lot of the only Western games I play are Western MMOs, and, and even like, that, that's pretty much WoW. <laughs> like, and is the opposite in this scenario. But I think a lot of people play WoW aren't necessarily into Japan stuff at all. Which is kind of no, weird. That I, that I definitely agree with. Like the few times I've been to BlizzCon, you'd be some, those those don't exactly look like the kind of people who are into anime. Which is weird. You would think these kind of fans. Oh come would on! Don't them. judge a book like on its cover like that. No, I'm being serious. It's like these are just what's fine with that. There's nothing wrong with that. They're just not into jet. Like you can tell, a lot of these people just aren't really into Japanese stuff. Yeah, how do you tell? All right, uh, this is the how you tell gay guys gay. You look gay. How you, what game am I supposed to look like? No, come on. You know exactly. <laughs> I've been in the fandom for so long. My Japan Dar works just fine. <laughs> we, we a bar. We a buar. How does that work? You know what it is, though? It's because it's, um, and I think, I, I think I know. I mean, I talked to a guy. I asked him. It's not that I don't, it's not like I'm above these people. I talk to people there. And these people seem like, oh, I'm only into WoW. This is all I play with my friends on Saturday night. I, I flew in from the Midwest. I love World of Warcraft. Or like some people come in just for StarCraft. And they're like, oh, I love StarCraft. This is all I do. I mean, a lot, for a lot of the people I, I met at BlizzCon, like these were their games. 
and this was their fandom. This is or like they read nothing but fantasy books the whole weekend. They, you know, it, that's what I mean by I don't get the impression that like the same impression I would get from like a an E three where people are into, you can tell these people are into every or like Comic Con especially a lot of these people are into everything and they're like jumping from booth to booth from fandom to fandom. That's more like what I'm trying to say. Fair enough, Anna. I guess. All right, I've got one more important piece of news for you guys today. All right. The Star Trek Online Summer Event yeah, gives yeah. me everything I've always hoped for out of Star Trek Online. You can get <gasps> a Horgon. You can buy a Horgon on Ryza now. Done. Wait, wait, problem. wait, wait what? But you have he's, to get to level 10 first to participate yeah, in the he's event. He's not a high enough I'm level one. Chris, we're playing. Go, go, go. Get that Horgon. I don't want to. Okay, so what happens when you get the Horgon? Can you present it to another player? I don't know. You can, can you take them into a special I'm sure bedroom the area? The are having plenty of fun with it. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole start. There's a whole event on Ryza. Like, yeah, all sorts of stuff. Seen, uh, from the advert, it seemed to include jetpacks. I haven't looked yes. in in a while. I've been busy with other MMOs. But... That's kinky jetpacks. Huh. I, I I I didn't Superman already do the aerial sex thing anyway? Well, I just oh, wonder yeah, how you the jetpacks and not burn each other. Don't ask. Just, just don't ask. The the event ends on August fourth, so get cracking if you want all that stuff. Apparently, so it only takes a day of play in the event to get the Horgon. So, but getting to level, 10, I want to know what the Horgon you know. does though. Like legit, what do you get for it? What, what happens? I think you just get it, man. That's not fulfill- fulfilling. I I just wanted to buy one. That's yeah, but what? What? But you want to buy one so you can put it at your feet while you're reading a book, and then get all flustered when a woman comes up to you and says, "I see you're displaying the Horgon." Well, uh, of course, I bought it for a friend on the ship. Well, on this planet, it means oh, 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 oh. don't you? That's the whole point, right? Well, let's see. What does what does it do? It is a non-combat pet. Um, <laughs> what? Using this device will place an immobile Horgon at your feet. It will be removed if you leave the vicinity. So it really is. You're planting it down, yes. telling everyone. Yes. Okay, that works for me. <laughs> I'm satisfied. You're by this. satisfied. Okay. I am. You gonna play Star Trek Online and get your Horgon? Horgon still only supports PC. <laughs> you know the funny thing is, it sounds like we're saying this like a little bit. So you're gonna get your Horgon. You're gonna get your Horon. Yeah. Gonna, you know <laughs> what I mean? Get it's my Horgon. <laughs> you go get your Horgon, Chris. Go. So the Steam sale taught me something else important. Oh, this is totally relevant to the podcast. Never mind. Um, oh, that's the other one. Marvel Heroes. That's the other Diablo clone. Yes. Yeah. All right. I knew I had it. Ah, all right. And with that, I think we're done. Uh, everybody, thanks for joining us. Anything we need to leave them with? Any questions for the week? Mm, <laughs> are you going to go get your Horgon? Okay. <laughs> Wait, Chris, uh, is the server back up? Is there one last chance? Uh, the server's back up. Uh, you want to do that? One last chance? I'm really curious what the guy wanted to send an MP3 in for. All right. Yeah, let's hook it up. So this right. guy sent us an email to podcast.rpgamer.com with an MP3 attachment, as you should do, too. Okay. All right. Cool. Come let's on. get this done. After this, I'm going to go to the King Come of Prussia. On. The King? What? The largest shopping mall in the United States. Oh. In Delaware? No, it's in Philadelphia. Oh. West Philadelphia, born and raised? The king of Prussia will give you some mad deals, yo. 
Willie. Come on. It's not downloading the, the attachment. This is BS. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. This, uh, maybe up, but it ain't working. So we're going we're gonna to call it a day. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be here next week. Um, you can send us feedback at, of course, podcast.rpgamer.com if I haven't beaten that into your head enough throughout the show. 608-729-4098 is the voicemail. And board.rpgamer.com is the message boards. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash rpgamer and Facebook at facebook.com slash rpgamer. YouTube is rpgamer, D-O-T-C-O-M. And uh, I think that's enough plugging. Right? Cool. All right. All right. We'll see you next week, everybody. Um, catch you on the flip side. All right, everybody. Bye. Last question. If you could only play one MMO for the rest of your life, would it be Knights of the Old Republic or the Star Trek one? Fandom fight. Go. <laughs> Just those two? Ooh. Just those two. Those are your only choices forever. We're out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 272 for the week of July 27th, 2013. I'm here with a bunch of RP gamers, greatest or worst, depending on your perspectives. First off, the person least associated with RP Gamer these days, Anna Marie Newfeld. What? Why am I? Because you, um, you, you work for the other side now. Hmm. Actually, um, I'm going to do that over because I used your wrong name. So let's start this over. Wait, did you call me Anna Marie Newfeld? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it still looks weird. It still looks awkward to me anyway. I'm just not used to it. Ah, screw it. I'm keeping it in. I'm just embarrassing. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let's do this over. Do it over? Okay. Yeah. Just keep that part for the bloopers. Uh